Well, it is so good to be with you today. Uh, I want to start off with a question. Um, it's a difficult question. And um, what do you do, or, or have you ever felt life is like this? Um, sorrows and sea billows roll. You know that lyric of the line, It Is Well? You guys remember that song? Did you grow up singing that song? I grew up singing this song, It Is Well, with my soul. And there's a lyric there that's, man, it, it like almost haunts you. Uh, when sorrows and sea billows roll. When, when life is like this unrelenting <laughs> um, wave after wave of sorrow. What do we do when life is like this? What do we do when, when, when it's just so hard, when the soundtrack of our life it has just turned dark? You know that moment in the movie where the soundtrack just, you, you hear the music change and it goes dark in its tone and you know something's about ready to happen. I mean, what do we do when we're living in the dark, in, that, in the soundtrack of life's like that? What do we do in life when it feels like one wave after another and you're like, God, I don't know if I can take another hit and all of a sudden the hits, they just keep on coming. You ever feel like that? That life is full of sorrow? Do you ever feel like you've been in a season? Maybe you're in a season now where you, got, you go, God, I don't know if I can take another wave. I don't know if I can take another, a, a, another thing that, 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 that'll just hit like this. How, how do we respond in these moments? How do you respond? When the sorrows and sea billows roll. How do we do when, what, what do we do when once was happy, now is gloomy? <laughs> What, what do we do when, when once was what was enjoyable now is insufferable and we're living in the shadowlands? Well, this is the series we're in. And here's a series big idea that we're talking about. I want you to write this in. See, we experience grace and loss when we turn to and trust in God. That when you're in the shadowlands, when, when, when this is the soundtrack of your life and it's dark and it's gloomy, and sorrows and sea billows roll, we, you can experience grace. When we, in our loss, when we turn to and trust in God. Because here's one thing, we looked at this last week, we identified this, that, that, that there's something about life that we just gotta acknowledge. Life is full of loss. I mean, our lives are full of loss. It's, it's this constant part of the narrative of humanity is, is, is it's a loss. We, and, and, and every one of us were brought into this more realistic than, than, than ever in 2020. I mean, many of us lost opportunities in 2020. See, every one of us experienced loss and the gravity of that loss is different. There's a variety of levels and the variety of degrees and the gravity is different from each of other, every one of us. Well, some of us just missed opportunities other of us in life, we've suffered more severely and the gravity's harder. I mean, think about one third of women suffer loss through a miscarriage. Life is full of loss. We, not just missed opportunities, or, or, but what about losing a job or losing our health? From, from losing our freedoms to losing a spouse to death, life is full of loss. It's one of the constants that we can guarantee in life is we're going to experience loss. And we're going to experience it variety, a variety of degrees and different gravities. And see, here's something about loss. See, loss leads us somewhere. Loss leads us to grief 
into sorrow. When sorrows and sea billows roll. I mean, the author of that song wrote wrote that song after loss, experienced the loss of his own family. What do we do when life is full of this? What do we do when we're living in the shadow land? See, being in grief and living in sorrow is is this this very dark shadow land. It can be a very disorienting place, a place where you don't know how to get out. When you see the light, but you don't know how you're going to get there. When you see the hope, but you just don't know the direction you need to go. When it's, and it, it, see, sorrow and, and, and grief can just be that overwhelming weight that kind of clouds your, your ability to think. And it just is so painful of what you experience. It's hard to navigate in this shadow lamp. See, a dark place, the shadow lands where the pain can be closer than the light of hope. And unfortunately, we, we, we can, as Christ followers, put on an act when we're in the Shadowlands. We put on this act that, and you know, we talked a little bit about last week, we fake being fine. How you doing? Oh, I'm great. When you're in the middle of the Shadowlands, when heart, your heart is, is, is bearing the weight of grief and sorrow, we feel like we have to put on this act that everything is okay. And, and in, in this sorrow, we, we, we fake being fine, and, and, and we're so good at it, aren't we? I mean, we feel like this is something we got to learn the art of faking fine when things are not okay. And, we, and the reason is we bought into a myth. See, we bought into this myth. It's this, as Christians, everything has to be okay. I mean, after all, this is what we kind of bought into, that as a Christian, life has to be greener. As a Christian, you've got to realize, you get, man, I've got to have faith. In, and to say things aren't okay is really a, a sign of my spiritual immaturity. And I've got to fake it in order to make it. See, we, we kind of buy into this. And so when someone asks, hey, how are you doing? We, we cover our, our grief, our, we cover our shadow, we cover the pain of our loss, we, whatever that loss may be, and we, oh, I'm fine, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, I'm doing good. And we cover it up instead of being honest because we bought into this myth that, that as a Christian, everything has to be okay. When, when we read in Scripture, Jesus even told us, in this life, you're going to experience trouble. And trouble is a sign of loss, expectations, opportunities, loss loved ones, lost of hopes and dreams. Where's that loss lead us? To grief and sorrow. And the truth is this. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in the land of sorrows. It's okay to be in the shadow land and not be okay with it. It's okay to be in this, this dark land and say, I'm not fine right now. It's a hard time. I'm going through. It's okay to want to cry. It's okay to wake up in the morning and tears just flood your eyes because the pain of going through that day is overwhelming. It's okay to want to just cry out. It's okay to even want to yell to God. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in that and feel those things. And last week, we saw that when we're not okay, we can turn to and trust in a God who is good. And we learned that he's not just good, he's always good, and he's never less than good. 
And today I want to help you. I want to help you by helping you understand that you can live in this shadow lands. That I want to help you learn how to navigate the shadow lands. And I want to help you learn a language to use in the shadow lands of loss, of grief, of sorrow, of heartbreak, of pain. Because if you're not there now, one day you will be there. Because life is full of loss. And, what, and, and it's this our language that when we're not fine, this is the la- language of a Christ follower, uh, uh, of one who our trust is in God. This is the language we use when sorrows and sea billows roll, when the soundtrack of our life has turned dark. This is the, the language we use, but it's a lost language. It's a lost language that was the voice of the people of God for many years. But in our day and age, we've lost this voice. We've lost the art of using this language when we're in the shadowlands. And we've lost the art of coming around those who are in hurt, in grief and sorrow, and giving them courage by using our voice. See, this is your voice. This is your language. When people look over you and reject you, This is your language that when you lose a spouse to divorce or death and the pain is there. This is the language in the song we sing when a child succumbs to an addiction. This is the song we sing when a spouse comes under an addiction themselves. This is when they yield to a substance. This is the song we sing in our loss. When, when a boss chooses someone else for that job and you have to go in and face that, you didn't get promotion every day and you have to face that pain. This is the song we sing. This is the language we use. It's what we use when once a close friend is not so close anymore. This is how we live in the land of shadows. And unfortunately, it's a language we don't know too well. See, when we live in the shadowlands of grief and sorrow, we need to learn to lament. This is the language. Lament is the language. It's a powerful language for us to speak in grief and sorrows. It's a powerful language. It's a song we sing for, that we need to sing ourselves. We need to learn to lament. And maybe you don't know how, and today we're going to teach you how to lament. And I love what Mark Vogop says in his book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. He says this about lament. He says, lament is the honest cry. It's the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promises of God's goodness. That's what a lament is. It's this honest cry. It's this honest cry. It's this raw honesty that we can bring to God in our pain. And it's in the middle of wrestling this out where we know what our pain is. And it's this paradox that we're in this pain, but we're in the paradox because we also see and we know of God's goodness. This is how we live in the land. This is how we exist in the land of lament. This is how we navigate the shadow lands. We need to learn to be honest and exist in the paradox of pain and the promise of God. We need to learn how to be honest with God by first being honest with ourselves about the pain we are feeling because you can't be honest with God unless you're first being honest with yourself. And we need to learn to express that pain to God. We need to learn how to lament not just as ourselves in our own pain, and we need to learn to lament as a corporate congregation. We need to learn to lament as a family. This is what the people of God have done so well for so many years. But it's a lost art that we've lost in our church today that we can come alongside others who are lamenting. See, we lament with each other to comfort one another. 
This is what we learn to do. We learn how to lament with each other in their pain. This is the voice of the church for those who are hurting. This is the voice of the church who those who suffer loss. This is the voice of the church who though, for those who suffer grief and suffer injustice. This is the power of the corporate lament. See, we have uh, scriptures. Our, our scriptures are full of lament. And, and our scriptures are full of, of, of lament. In fact, there's a whole book called Lamentations that's a dead, like a whole lament. We have a third of the Psalms, actually just a little over a third of the Psalms are laments to God. They're corporate laments. They're personal laments. There are many of the minor prophets that, that they contain laments. We see laments in the New Testament as well. It, it, see, it, God leads us through laments to voice our pain. And there is something powerful. And I hope that you see today in lament. Because there's something powerful about pain. See, pain is a microphone. And as Levi Lusco, Pastor Levi Lusco, he pastors a church in uh, Billings, Montana. And, and in his own personal story of lament and suffering and loss, he writes about it in his book called Through the Eyes of a Lion. He shares his story and his family's story of grief and sorrow as they went from a family of six to a family of five after losing their five-year-old daughter and sister. And this is what he writes about pain. He says, pain is a microphone, and the more it hurts, the louder you get. Suffering isn't an obstacle to being used by God. It is an opportunity to be used like never before. See, it's not just cliche to say your pain is your platform. It's biblical. <laughs> it, this, this is what God says in Scripture. That, see, God redeems our suffering. God redeems our grief. God redeems our loss for his glory. See, it's in your pain that you, God gives you a gift, an opportunity to come closer to him. Because it's in our pain that our intimacy grows. It's in our pain that our faith grows. But we avoid pain. In fact, our whole world avoids pain. We resist pain to the max. I mean, everything that we do in life is to avoid its risk management, to avoid pain in life. But God says pain is the opportunity to come close to me. This is the conspiracy in our pain. It's through our pain that we learn to lament, and it's in lamenting that we give voice to our pain, we give voice to our suffering. And while giving voice to our trust in God's eternal goodness. So I want to help you learn how to lament today for two reasons. One, for those of you who are in a season of loss right now, and the sorrow is like that sea billows, it's just one after another, one wave of grief after another. For whatever reason and whatever gravity your grief is, it feels like it's unbearing. Wherever you are in the shadow lands, in your shadow land, you can reach up and you can grab a hold of God's hand. And in this you can find his comfort. And for those of us who are not living in this shadow lands or our, our grief is, is not as strong as others, we can find someone else while we've got our hand to hold of God. We can reach out and we can find someone else's hurting, who else is suffering grief, sorrow, and injustice. We can grab their hand and we can be a voice of lament to encourage them. This is why we do this. And today I want to teach you how to do this. And, and here's a teaching big idea today. It's four words. They don't rhyme, which is against my nature. But it's the best way I can teach you this because this is something you need to practice. This needs to become a daily rhythm. This is how you, this is your marching order in the land of lament. 
And when I was teaching this to my staff earlier this week and, and we had our team people around also that they, we, I do this every week and they help me make this better. They said, you need to put actions to this. And so I did. And so I'm gonna teach you these four words with four actions because I want you to remember this and not to treat you like our grade schoolers in the back, but I really wanna help you remember this. First, we turn. Second, we complain. We ask. We trust. I'm gonna say it again. We turn. We complain. You can complain to God. We're going to show you that. He wants to hear your complaints. We ask. He wants to hear your bold requests. And we trust. We open our hands and trust him. We trust him with everything, with open hands. We don't hold anything back from him, but we trust everything to him. This is the pattern. This is the rhythm of lament as we live in the land of sorrows. And you know what? You need these four words. You need this voice. This is the song you sing to give courage to yourself. This is the song we sing to find comfort in our shadow land. This brings strength. This brings courage to our hearts. And when we do this with others, this is how we bring courage to them and encourage them. This is the dominant pattern of lament that we find in scriptures. In fact, there are some scriptures, some psalms listed at the bottom of your notes that are, I encourage you to study this later. So I'm not going to prove to you today how this is the pattern. I encourage you to study that. I want to show you how this is powerful in your life, and I want to teach you how to lament. And the first thing that we do in, is we're going to look at Psalm 77 to see this pattern in its, in, in, in its entirety. And, and so, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 77. It's also in your notes. But in this, we're going to learn to turn, to complain, to ask, and to trust. And the first thing we do is we turn to God and address him in prayer. That's what, that's what prayer is, by the way. And, and lament is a prayer, and it's about turning to God and, 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 and trusting in him. And last week we said you can either, you've you, you got two choices. Whenever you face loss, you have two choices. You're going to either turn to God or turn away from God. We're going to choose to turn to him. Why? Because our faith is in God. See, this lament is an act of faith. Every part of this is an act of faith. And we lament, and to lament, we first have to turn to God because we won't find grace. We won't experience grace unless we first turn to him. Instead of turning to other things, we're gonna turn first to God in prayer and address him in prayer. This is what the psalmist does in Psalm 77. The psalmist here is Asaph. And this is what he says, I cried out to God for help. Look at him, address God. And he goes, I cried out to God to hear me and listen to the distress, listen to the, 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 the lament in his uh, voice. And he says, when I was in distress, I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. The psalmist turns and seeks God. He seeks the Lord in his pain. You know, it takes faith to turn to God in our pain and loss. It takes faith to turn to him instead of turning to something else. See, what you turn to when you experience sorrow is really what you trust in. I mean, when you turn to a substance or you turn to Facebook or you turn to other, something other to distract you, to the show hole. <laughs> I mean, we turn to these things in our pain because we want to distract ourselves from it. Because... What we turn to is what we trust, and we want to first turn to God. And lament gives us this opportunity to turn to God. And the reason we turn to God in our pain is because we trust that we will find comfort in him. After all, isn't that why we turn to things? 
I mean, we turn to Facebook because we hope we'll find comfort in it. We turn to a relationship because we hope we'll find comfort in it. We turn to a, 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 a substance because we're hoping we're going to find comfort in it. The reason we turn to God is we know we're going to find comfort from him. See, we seek comfort. In our grief and sorrow, we first turn to God, and this is what prayer is, approaching God and turning to him. And this is the limit. This is how we pray in the shadow land. Second, you get to complain. I'm giving you, Scripture gives you permission to complain. So we complain to God about our pain. We complain to God about our pain. And many people don't think that they can complain to God. Actually, many people think that this is a lack of faith to complain to God. Many people think that your complaining to God is immaturity. But laments show us that our complaints to God are not immaturity. Our laments are actually a bigger step of faith than anything because we know God can take our complaints. God, we know that God can take our complaints. It's actually immature to complain to other people and not complain to God at all. In a way, that's casting blame. But we take our complaints to God. And this doesn't mean that we can't complain about this to other people. It doesn't mean that I can't tell you that life is hard right now. It doesn't mean that we can do this. No, actually, you can, you, you, because you've known you've taken this to God first, you can bring this up to your, those that are close to you because they can encourage you as well. And they can lament with you. See, it's not wrong to complain. It's not a lack of faith. It's only a lack of faith if we stay in complaining. See, I need to caution you something. We can't stay there. Our complaints have to lead us somewhere. And a lot of times, we like to live in the land of complaining. And when we live in the land of complaining, we will not exist in the shadowlands. We got to understand that complaints are, serve a purpose and they lead us somewhere so we can't stay there. Now, understand this. You can't skip this step and lament. You can't. You, you have to be okay in complaining to God. You can't skip this, but you can't get stuck here. This is, this is the difference between spiritual maturity and spiritual immaturity. See, an immature person spiritually will get stuck here and just complain all day long and stay in this. Won't let the complaints lead them somewhere. And we want these complaints to lead us somewhere. See, it's, it's, a, it's not a lack of faith to complain to God. Asaph complains. Listen to Asaph as he complains. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing? I was too troubled to speak. Ever been there? Ever been in a season where it just hurts too much to talk about what you're going through? In fact, that's the reason you don't want to talk to others about it. Because it brings up the pain. The pain evokes the tears. You don't want it to be seen as weak. Ever been there too troubled to speak? This is when we can turn to God and then tell him about the pain of what we're going through. God, I am so alone right now. God, I feel like there's nobody else around me. God, God, it, God, it hurts so much right now. The pain is unbearable. God, it is not fair that I'm being treated this way. When I see other people around getting, a, getting everything, God, why? It's okay. God can take it. This is how we can pray. You know, we can pray our pain. You can pray your pain. This is the permission lament gives us to pray our pain. When our, you see, when we pray our pain, we allow ourselves to be honest with God. 
See, God wants your honesty more than he wants anything else. And if we can't be honest with ourselves about our pain, we'll never be honest with God about it. See, God doesn't need your perfection. He doesn't need you to put the mask on and act like everything's okay, everything's fine, everything's good. I'm going to put the mask on for you, God, to let you know that I'm, I'm dealing with this okay, I'm okay. It's okay to not be okay. Because God doesn't need your perfection. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus came to live the perfect life that we couldn't live. He died so to pay all the penalty for all of our wrongdoings, all of our sin, all of our imperfection was put upon him. And he came back to life so we can experience life in the pain of our life and experience life eternally. This is the hope of what we have in Jesus. And because Jesus is that perfection for us, we can come to God knowing that he doesn't need me to be perfect in my pain. But you know what he needs me to be? He doesn't want your perfection. He wants your honesty. He wants your raw honesty. And this is why you can turn to him and you can end with, with you, can, you can complain about what you're going through. God, why? In many of our complaints, this raw honesty, we can be raw in our honesty because God already knows. He can take it when we pray about our pain. And look what Asaph does next. He, he gives God some just radical questions. Look at this. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in his anger withheld his compassion? These are bold, aren't they? I mean, these, this is why I love the Psalms. They're full of raw honesty. Here Asaph voices his questions and his doubts. And that's what we can do. See, Asaph shows you and I that we can pray our doubts and we can pray our questions. We can do this. God loves it when you pray your questions. God loves it when you bring your questions directly to him. He wants to hear these. It's an act of faith for you to bring these to him. He gives us permission to ask. And you see through the Psalms, there are a couple questions that you'll, you'll see emerge. How and why? The, the psalmist will say, how and why? See, we need permission to ask God how. And we need the permission to ask God why. This is what lament is. It's permission to ask God how and why. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? How am I going to make it in this time? Why is this so hard? God, how long? How long am I going to have to deal with this? How long am I going to have to be here? See, limit is this pathway in the shadowlands to turn to and trust in a God. Now, complaining, as I said earlier, is not a place that we can get stuck. We, we, need, we can't skip this, but we can't get stuck here. To get stuck here is unhealthy. And so this needs to be the stepping stone to where we are trusting. It's a stepping stone, stone to getting to where we can trust in the goodness of God. And complaining leads us forward. That's what it must do. It must lead us forward. See, that's why complaining is an act of faith. Because you're complaining, yet you are in that paradox of, I know of God's goodness, so I can do this third thing. I can ask God boldly. For his help. I can come to a God and ask him boldly. See, lament takes faith. 
It takes faith to know that the God you address is the God of the impossible. Scripture is the revelation of God to us, revealing himself to us as a God of the impossibility, a God who can take something and turn it in, take nothing and turning it into something, a God who can do the impossible, a God who can do the, the, the unnatural, even as we read in, in, in the prophets, that how he can make an ax head that we know to sink float. See, God is a God of impossibility. Jesus comes on the scene to show you and I that God is a God of the impossibility. And this is what Jesus proved, that we can boldly come to this God of the impossible. We can boldly ask. We can boldly approach him and seek. And we can boldly knock on his door (laughs) because we trust him. This is what lament is, boldly asking. This is what Asaph does next. He goes, then I said, I will appeal to this. Appeal means to cry out. I'm going to call out to to this. And this is what he calls out to, to the years of the right hand of the most high. Well, you know what that means? To the all the times that the power, the right hand of God has proven himself. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. (laughs) And in this, we can recall on this God who has done the impossible. And we can come to him and we can ask him for the impossible. We can boldly ask him. We can approach a God whose power is proven and you can boldly ask him. You can boldly ask him, God, will you heal my body? God, will you heal my mom of cancer? God, will you heal my son or my daughter? And we can boldly come to him. We can boldly ask him, God, will you help me right now financially? God, I've gotten myself into a pickle and I need your help. I don't see any other way out, but I know you're a God that can do the impossible. Will you help me? We can boldly approach our God. God, I know that you know how you can help my son or daughter who is lost right now, who is suffering under this addiction or suffering under this sickness. God, you can help them right now. You can help my marriage. God, I boldly ask you to help my marriage because it's hard and you're the one I need. We can boldly. See, I know you're a mighty God. I know you're a mighty and can do anything. So will you do something on my behalf? Turn to God, complain, ask, make that ask boldly. And then last, trust that God's will is good. Trust that God's will is good. This is where lament leads us. This is where turning to God leads us to land in trust. The, the, this is how we can exist in the land where the paradox of pain leads us to trust in the goodness of God. As we complain to him, we're trusting in the goodness of God. As we boldly ask, we're still trusting in the goodness of God and we're trusting that his will is good. This is why lament is a mature act of faith. And this is why in lament, God brings you closer to him. He brings you closer to him. See, it takes faith to trust in a God who is never less than good. It takes faith to trust that God's will for you is good even though the circumstance, even though the marriage, even though the loss doesn't feel good. Look at what Asaph does and look at Asaph's faith and trust. And here's just something to know about this as we trust in God. See, trust can be displayed as praise. It can be displayed. Did you know your trust in God is the purest form of your worship? That we trust God 
in the middle. It's the purest form of your worship. And look what Asaph does here. He says, your ways, O God, are holy. Your ways are holy. I've got my way of I want to do this and how I want it to go, but God, I trust your ways. Your ways are holy. And then he goes on to say, what God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. What does Asaph do? He recalls God's amazing power of deliverance. He recalls what God had done for the nation of Israel, recalling that God is unlike any other. He is a holy God who is like the God of Israel and who is like our God who can create something out of nothing. And Asaph calls out to God, recalling, and he goes on in this psalm, and he recalls how God would deliver the nation of Israel from Egypt in this most incredible miracle, a miracle that yearly they would remind themselves through the Passover of what God did for them. That, that God delivered them. This was the salvation they experienced as a nation. And in his pain, he reminds himself of the bigger story of what God has done. See, pain is a micro-narrative of a macro-narrative. Pain is a micro-narrative. See, the, the, while we have lost God, he has not lost us. And this is the beautiful thing about what we have. See, we have a better story of deliverance than what Israel had. Did you know this? When you read about the story of deliverance that God led Israel out of this Egypt, out of oppression, out of all of this, God, we have a bigger story. We have a better story. It's a personal story. It's not one that our ancestors knew about. This is one that every one of us know about through the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, we have a better story of deliverance in our story of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus is the one who delivered us from our enemy called sin and the oppression that sin brings in our life and the suffering of death in our life because Jesus took upon himself all of our imperfections, took upon our sin, paid that penalty and came back to life to give life to us in the middle of our grief and sorrow. And not just that, he gives us an eternity with him that tomorrow we can bear with it because his life is there. His life is there, and it's good. It's eternal. His life is eternal. <laughs> See, just like Asaph remembered the Exodus, we have an anchor for our faith and our trust and our praise. Our trust, your trust, is anchored in the gospel of Jesus. That's the greatest deliverance of all. Your trust is anchored in the gospel of what Jesus has done for you. This is where our hope is. The gospel of Jesus becomes the filter by which we see all of our pain. We take the gospel and it becomes our hope in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of suffering the injustice. It's the one event gives us the confidence to turn to and trust in our God who is good, always good, never less than good. This is how we experience grace and a grief and loss of life. It's through lament that God has given us this language, this song to sing, to navigate the shadow lands. It's how we can hold on to God and experience his comfort and it's how we can lead others and encourage others as they live in the land of shadows. And it's how we follow Jesus. 
You know, the night before Jesus would go to the cross, he would lament. He would turn to his father and address his father in heaven in a garden of Gethsemane. He would complain about the pain of what he was about ready to go through. And he would boldly ask God, is there any other way? And if there's any other way, let it be. Take this cup from me, this suffering from me. And then he would trust in God's perfect goodwill. Father, not my will, but yours. And he would walk a road of suffering so we could have a voice in our suffering so we could have a song to sing in the shadowlands so you don't exist in this grief alone so you don't have to bear the sorrow you can do something with the sorrow in your own life and that's what we want to help you do every one of you were given a card a shadowlands card and we want to give you the opportunity to do this right now so this is what I want to encourage you to do as an act of turning to God will you take out this card and this is, I want, I want to give you the opportunity to complain. You know, if you're in a season of grief right now, or you know someone in a season of grief, of loss, and, and they're, they're doing this, I want you to begin to just write one sentence down of what your pain is. Complain about your pain. Just complain to God. Say, God, this hurts. It hurts that my husband doesn't. It hurts that my spouse isn't. It hurts that, that, that I've lost my daughter. It hurts that I've lost my mom. It hurts that I'm so alone. God, it hurts that I... My body hurts under this illness. Just complain in faith. And then make your bold ask, God, will you heal my body? Write out it. Write it out. Be, start now. Write it out. Make that ask. God, will you, will you heal my son? God, will you heal my husband? Uh, and will you help him with the substance addiction? God, will you heal our marriage? God, will you provide for our family? Write it out. And then as your act of trust, I want you to bring it to him, but you need to bring it somewhere. Thank you. <laughs> we have lament baskets in the aisles. I'm gonna put this one right here. Will you bring it? And in your act of trust, will you bring it to God and trust him? Trust him that his will is good, even if it hurts. This is the voice we have in the land of shadows. And as we do this, our band's gonna sing, you finish writing it out, and will you bring this when you feel ready? And at any moment, our prayer partners are gonna be available at the sides of the room and at the tables, and they would love to pray for you for any reason this, this morning. Will you bring your lament, and will you trust in your God, who is good, who is always good, never less than?
If the mountains were where you hide, oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you grace the other side. And oh, how long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more or less inclined. I would search and stop at nothing, but you're just not that hard to find. So I will praise you on the mountain, and I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same And all as God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray Cause you're the heaven where my heart is In the highlands, in the heartache all the same Oh, oh Oh, how fast would you come running Just to shadow me through the night Trace my steps through all my failure And walk me out the other side Cause in the highland and the heartache You're neither more or less inclined I would search and stop at nothing But you're just not that hard to find So I will praise you on the mountain And I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the summit where my feet are so I will praise you in the valleys all the same And all as God within the shadows All as faithful when the night leads me astray You're the heaven where my heart is In the highlands and the heartache all the same Whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I stand. And if ever I walk through the valley of death, I'll sing through the shadows of my song of ascension. Whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I stand And if ever I walk through the valley of death 
I'll sing through the shadows of my song of a sin. Oh, and I will praise you on the mountain. I will praise you in the mountains in my way. Cause you're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. And oh, there's God within the shadows. You know that's faithful when the night leads me astray. Cause you're the heaven where my heart is. In the highlands, in the heartache, all the same. Oh, oh. In whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I stand. If ever I walk through the valley of death, I'll sing through the shadows my song of a sin. This is our song. When sea sorrows and sea billows roll. It's a song of courage. It's a song of faith. It's a song we sing for ourselves and the song we sing for others. We turn to our God. Trust in prayer. We complain about our pain to Him. We complain about others' pain to Him. We boldly ask. And we trust in our God. I want to invite you to next Sunday night as we're going to have this night of worship focused on lament, where we are going to lift those up who are suffering loss. Maybe you need to come on for you, your sake, and, and suffering whatever loss and grief and sorrow you have. Or maybe you need to come on the behalf of someone else to lament with them and for them. But we're going to do this corporately together. This is going to be a powerful evening where God's going to bring his strength into us and he's going to come near to those because he is close to those who mourn and lament. God bless you, Westside. You do not want to miss next Sunday. But before we leave, I want to just bless us. Father, we boldly come to you in faith today and we turn to you. Bring our heart break, our heartache, our pain, our sorrow, our grief. We come to you. God, life is hard. It's unbearable sometimes and there are days that we just don't feel like we can wake up another day and deal with it anymore. We ask you right now for that grace us. We need your grace. We need your healing. We need your forgiveness. We need your, we need your deliverance. We need your provision and your protection. And God, we trust in you that you are good. This is our lament. Find us here in a shadow land. In your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Westside. We'll see you next time.